If you've ever been in a mood or have ever been accused of being moody, then this episode might be for you. Welcome to the Quick Counsel Podcast, where we will give you a simple and practical understanding of counseling issues and how they might apply to your life. Here's your host, Pastoral Counselor Brett Legg. Have you ever been in a mood, or or better yet, have you ever felt like you were at the mercy of a mood that just seemed to have a mind of its own? A mood can involve emotions like sadness and anxiousness or anger or fear or depression, but a mood is a little more than just an emotion. A mood is kind of like a canopy or a blanket upon you. It's this overarching kind of ongoing lens through which you tend to see things. You may wish that you could change the mood, but the mood seems to be driving you rather than you driving the mood. And it's not a good feeling to feel like you're at the mercy of a mood, especially if it's a mood you don't want. But when this happens, you are not as helpless as you think. There are two things you need to understand if you want to take control of your moods. And the first is this. The first thing you need to understand about mood is how a mood is made. Our moods can feel like something ethereal or ghost-like, some, some entity that just settles on us that's intangible and that we can't really get a hold of. But there are actually several specific things that go into making your mood. And when you understand what goes into making your mood, you are in a better position to make a difference in that mood. To understand what goes into making of a mood, picture an outer circle and an inner circle and finally a center core. Each of these three levels has specific things that contribute to making your mood. So, let's start with the outer circle. And by the way, I will have a link to a diagram of this posted in the show notes for this episode. So, in the outer circle, you will find things that contribute to your mood. These three things are things that seemingly are just handed to you. They are, one, your genetics. If you find that depression, anxiety, anger, or something else tends to run in your family, then you might have a genetic predisposition to that particular mood. That doesn't mean the situation is hopeless. It just means that it might be a factor in the making of your mood. The second thing you find in this outer circle is your upbringing. The way you were raised plays a big part in the making of your moods. If you were raised in a home where anger was prevalent, that may play a part in how you experience or express anger. If you were raised in a home where there was abuse or divorce or erratic behavior, that could play a part in experiencing fear or anxiety. Your upbringing plays a big part in how you express and experience your moods. And finally, the third thing in this outer circle is your circumstances. Your current circumstances may be fueling your current mood. Current circumstances like illness, job losses, marriage problems, maybe financial pressure, they can all contribute to your mood. That's in the outer circle. Now let's shift to the inner circle. In the inner circle, you'll find another three things that can contribute to the making of your mood. These three things are more internal processes. They are one, your thoughts. How you think about things is a big contributor to the making of your mood. Your thoughts interpret your surroundings for good or for bad. Think of it as the glass half full versus the glass half empty person. Your thoughts can fuel everything else in the circle as well as being fueled by everything else in the circle. So your thoughts are a big part of this. But the second thing in that inner circle is your feelings. 
These are specific emotions that contribute to your overall mood. They can be emotions like anger or sadness, fear, anxiety. The list goes on and on. These emotions both fuel everything else in the circle and are fueled by everything else in the circle. And then finally in that inner circle is your behaviors. How we react to things can greatly contribute to our mood. For instance, self-defeating behaviors can create feelings of being defeated. Acting out in anger often amplifies the anger rather than decreasing it. So your behaviors are fueling your mood, and they're fueled by everything else in that circle. These three things, our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, they each affect each other, and they each are affected by each other. Give you another example. Our thoughts affect our feelings, and our feelings affect our behavior. And our behavior affects our feelings, and you just see they they feed on one another. So, that's the outer circle and the inner circle. Now, let's go to the core circle. The core of this diagram represents your spirit. If you're a person of faith, the spirit portion refers to your relationship with the spirit of God dwelling within you. If you're not a religious person, this spirit portion, this core of the diagram, if you will, refers to such things as your personality, your heart, your drive, your passions. This is the core of who you are, and it will either exert pressure on the outer rings or be shaped by pressure from the outer rings. So to understand how a mood is made, you have to understand that the mood is a combination of genetics, upbringing, circumstances, thoughts, feelings, behaviors, spirits. Okay, I know that's a lot of information to download, but that's going to help us get into the second thing you need to understand, and that is how a mood is managed. You may not be able to prevent a mood from showing up, but you can learn to manage that mood once it does. And to do that, you need to do three things. First, you need to name the mood. It may seem very elementary to say that the first thing you need to do is name the mood, but we tend to go through life on some sort of autopilot. A combination of busyness and avoidance just keeps us from either seeing our mood or being able to specifically identify what that mood might be. But you can't address something that you can't see or define. So stop and recognize your mood. Name it specifically. Is it fearfulness? Is it sadness? Is it anxiety? Is it anger? It's surprising just how much you can take power away from that mood just by being able to see it and name it. So first, name the mood. Second, identify the trigger. Try to identify what triggered your mood. When did it start? What was going on at the time? Was there a specific thing about the situation that prompted the mood, or was it just the situation in general? Play the role of a detective and see if you can connect the dots back to what instigated the mood. If you can, you will demystify the mood all the more and remove even more of its power. And the third thing you need to do to manage your mood is change what you can. Look at the things that are within your power to change. This is where that circle diagram stuff comes back into play. Think of all those things in the diagram. You can't do much about changing your genetics or your upbringing, but you have control over most everything else in that diagram. You can control your circumstances. You may be stuck with your circumstances as a whole, but there are probably things within your circumstances that you can still change. For instance, you can't change what your bosses ask you to do, but you probably can find an easier way to do it or a faster way to do it or a better way to do it, and so you may change. You can change your thoughts. 
You can learn to listen to your thoughts and determine which thoughts are contributing to your mood and which thoughts would improve your mood. For example, let's say that someone doesn't return your call. If your thinking turns to things like, well, they're just blowing me off. I I must not be that important to them. They don't really care about me. Then your thoughts are making your mood worse. But if you turn your thoughts in a different direction to things like, you know, they must be really swamped with work, or they may be waiting until they have the specific answer before they return my call, or, you know what, it's no big deal. If I don't hear from them, I'll try them again tomorrow. Then those thoughts tend to improve your mood. You can also change your feelings. Now, you may think you can't change your feelings, but you really can. You can change your feelings by changing your thoughts and behaviors. You can change your feelings by taking a little time to stop and think things through, the old count to ten method. You can even change your feelings by taking a moment just to relax and breathe deeply. Here's what you need to know about emotions. They tend to have a shelf life. By that I mean you give them enough time, the emotion will rise, it will plateau, and then with enough time it will eventually dissipate on its own. So you can change your feelings. You can change your behaviors. How you choose to behave is just that. It's your choice. You can act in ways that fuel the mood, or you can turn your behaviors in other directions that will distract and improve the mood. And finally, you can change the spiritual aspect of this. If you're a person of faith, you can engage in the things that strengthen your relationship with God. Things like prayer and scripture and service to others and other spiritual disciplines. If you're not a religious person, you can feed your spirit on things that you're passionate about, things that inspire you, things that contribute to the greater good. When you change any of these things, it will create a feedback loop that will begin to change other things. It will have a snowball effect on your attitude and on your actions. Now, there may be times when because of genetics or a history that was traumatic and overwhelming, you may need to seek medical help for a mood that is interfering with life or well-being. And finally, let me say this. I know that this is easier said than done. I get that. It takes a lot of work and a lot of practice. But this is doable. And in that idea that this is doable, there is hope that you can manage your mood rather than letting your mood manage you. Well, I hope this was helpful. Leave a comment or a review and let us know if it helped you to understand and manage your moods better. Don't forget to subscribe and to get more from Quick Counsel. And you can find more from me from brettleg.com. That's one T and two G's. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So I hope you have a great week, and I hope you'll join us again for the next Quick Counsel. Thanks for joining us today for Quick Counsel. This podcast is meant to give you a simple understanding of counseling issues and is in no way intended as a substitute for professional counseling or therapy. If you feel you need further help, please contact a local counselor, therapist, or physician. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will join us for the next episode of Quick Counsel.